Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Center ice is Connor McDavid. He's got Darrell Walker, and he's got some room down the sidelines. McDavid to Everly, dishes off one timer to the 30, 20, 10, 5. Star! Touchdown, Eskimos! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Yak is back. You will hear from the St. Louis Blues winger who practiced in his old home of Edmonton, Alberta today. Blues and Oilers tomorrow. Two teams doing well. The Oilers 3-1 to start the year. St. Louis rolling in at 3-0-1. They did lose in overtime last night to the Vancouver Canucks. You'll hear from Neil Yakupov in this half hour of the show. The Blue Jays are done losing 3-0 today in Game 5 of the ALCS to Cleveland. Cleveland winning the series 4-1. Jose Bautista says he expected more out of himself at the plate. You know, they pitched great. It, it was tough. But they um, they seemed to make the right pitches at the right time and got us out and they never um, let us you know, string base hits together and when we had men in scoring position they seemed to turn it up a notch and, and go to a, another level of execution and you know, again hats off to them. So for the second year in a row, the Blue Jays' season ends in the American League Championship Series. Game four of the NLCS about to get underway. The Dodgers leading the Cubs 2-1 in that best of seven. NHL tonight, Winnipeg taking on Toronto. We'll keep an eye on this one because the Jets are going to be the Oilers' opponent on Sunday outdoors in the Heritage Classic. How are you doing tonight? My name is Reed Wilkins. It is 6.07. It is Inside Sports on 6.30. Chad, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Of course, you can call 780-496-0063. You can text 6.30-6.30. Besides Neil Yakupov in the first hour, you will also hear from the head coach and general manager of the BC Lions, a true legend in the Canadian Football League, Wally Buono. We'll be checking in in about 25 minutes. Oilers news today. They didn't practice. Of course, this was the day off they received in place of uh, practicing on Monday. They were originally going to have Monday off and practice today. They got skunked by Buffalo on uh, Sunday, so they switched those. Came up with a 3-2 win last night over Carolina. Mark Fain has been placed on injured reserve. Picked up an assist last night, but only played about two and a half minutes. So another injuries to, uh, injury to the Oilers' D. Now what's interesting is that they've called up Ben Betker from the Bakersfield Condors. He's a 22-year-old. Oilers took him in the sixth round in 2013. He is six foot six, around 230 pounds. Played in the WHL with uh, Everett most of last season in the ECHL with the Norfolk Admirals. 
I would think Eric Griba plays tomorrow. Betker is called up as a little bit of insurance on the blue line, and uh, then we see what happens there. Maybe Matt Benning gets uh, another game in tomorrow with the Oilers farm team in Bakersfield, and then he gets called up, and to get called up, he would just have to stay in Winnipeg for the weekend. So uh, that's what's going on with the Oilers today. They are 3-1. and one. Yes, they are far from perfect. Yes, there are certainly things to be concerned about. Hey, but I'd sooner be talking about ugly wins rather than pretty losses, especially after they started 0-4 last season. They are now 3-1 and one to get going in this campaign. Off the faceoff, wrist shot score, Tyler Pitlick, and Edmonton extends to a 3 nothing lead. Eight seconds to play. Oilers still up a goal. Flipped out in front. A shot blocked. Rebound save made by Cabot. What a glove stop with 1.6 to go. He took away the equalizer and keeps it 3-2. to two. Knew that they're just going to keep throwing pucks to the front of the net and crashing, banging. They got some big boys that can put the puck away in front. And I uh, was just trying to keep my eye on the puck. There seems to be a mad scramble there. And found it just at the last second, threw my glove out there. And uh, luckily got the big save there and big win. All right, so Cam Talbot, very good last night, winds up making 31 stops. He was beaten twice, 56 seconds apart in the third period as uh, Carolina did climb back in it. Uh, a game where uh, the Oilers were a little sloppy in the first period. They were able to finish on a couple chances, certainly got a bounce on the Jordan Eberle goal, and uh, Talbot was able to turn the Hurricanes away. I didn't think Carolina was very active in the second period at all. They looked pretty passive, almost like they might be resigned to their fate. They had the one great chance by Jeff Skinner, but the Oilers went up 3-0. You're thinking, okay, are they going to coast home? What's going to happen? Carolina fights back. Tons of pressure. The Oilers missed three really good chances at the empty net that could have iced it, so it became tense down the line there. But Talbot able to shut the door and by the way since he is uh, kind of unexpectedly to me become uh, a big storyline this season I thought it was a good game for Darnell Nurse last night probably Adam Larson's shakiest outing of the year made some good plays had trouble at other times for the Oilers but uh, they are able to figure it out and they are three and one to get going tomorrow's game against the Blues is on 630 Chet 530 for the face-off show the puck will drop at seven and it will feature the return of the recently traded Neil Yakupov who so far with the Blues has a goal and an assist in four games. The Blues practiced at the uh, at Rogers Place this afternoon. I believe they were on the community rink. Jack Michaels, play-by-play voice for your Oilers, was down there and sat down with Yakupov. Now the obvious question is: Is this weird at all for you? Is it strange to be here as a member of the St. Louis Blues instead of the Oilers? It is weird. You know why? You know, when I was here, I didn't expect I'm going to stay in a hotel in this city because I live in the city. You know, it was kind of. <laughs> But, I mean, it's different, but it's good now. I mean, we have really good, uh, really have a good team and good group. So I didn't feel any, like, uh, like tough times. And uh, because it's always hard when you're moving from place to place, but the team is really nice and really helpful and really friendly. So I didn't have any problems. But I'm, obviously, it's kind of weird to be here and play against, uh, play against the Oilers tomorrow. There was a lot of talk leading up to this trade that a move might be coming. When it finally did happen, do you remember like how you <laughs> felt, you know, how, how you feel about it all? I was surprised and I was I was expecting something, but I didn't expect something's going to show up that fast, right? So it was kind of but it, you know, you never work like you, ne- you never know and it never works out for the players because it's going to happen like any like any minute, any hour. So you, you never wait, like you never 
you never know, right? But I mean, it was I was surprised and I was was kind of a little bit shocked because uh, I'm like, well, this is like happened for sure, and I realized I have to pack everything and just leave tomorrow morning right away. And on the way there, I was kind of still don't know where am I going. <laughs> yeah, right, you know, exactly. was, and yeah, but the good thing is we had games right away with practices, and so I didn't really like feel weird you know I was kind of into it already and I try to meet every guy in the team and you know I try to talk to coaches and you know I'm trying to try and set up my plays and you know try and do everything to kind of feel better and just uh, just play not thinking yes. Nail the trade happened three years after you finished your first season with a hat trick and a lot of you know, a lot of good things happened for you the last couple of games of that season under Ralph Kruger. Four years. Yeah, well, but, but yeah, 2013 to 2016. Oh, yeah, right. right. But what I'm getting at is, did you think at that time, after your first year at Edmonton, that it would end like this? Because I imagine you had to be very positive about how your first 40, 50 games went with the Oilers. I didn't, I didn't really think that far on that right. moment. And, you know, I... I just can say time were so fast and like time flies. Right. You know, I can believe like I played here for four years, you know, uh, but you know, it's happened. Yeah. And wow. <laughs> and you know, happy to be here right now and just I uh, can't wait to play tomorrow. Tell me about your new teammates and, and how you see yourself fitting on this team. It's winning team and uh, you can tell really disciplined uh, the, the way we play, the way we practice, and because a lot of old guys, you know, a few guys been in the league for many years, especially in this team and the same team to play together, and uh, a lot of leaders and coach been for a long time too. So I think everyone knows what to do on the ice, and you know, when you really. Really, you you really want to be part of it and really want to get to points, you know, because uh, you play uh, you play like a best best team in the league, and the team you play against, they they really like they, they want to win us, right? So, you know, if, I mean, it's it's really fun, really fun to be. I mean, I mean, it's hard to explain, but I'm just. Is it much different? It than is, Edmonton? It is different. Um, I'm enjoying the time here, and I'm enjoying to play with these guys, practice with these guys, and because uh, I had some really, like, fun, fun games with uh, with this group. So, finally, in the matchup with Edmonton, uh, what are your goals for that game? If if you had to say this is my dream scenario, my first game against my old team, how would it play out? Well, I'm expecting my team to be better tomorrow, and I'm expecting my team to get two points tomorrow in Dill's building, and you know, and just uh, and be happy about it. That's you know, that's what I do. Of course, I want to do that, right? <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. But I mean, nothing uh, like won't be anything special. I mean, you know, we still got to play, and uh, we're gonna fight for two points, and and we're gonna we're gonna play against each other. That's it. I mean, it's just a game, and you know, I don't know, just happy to play as well. That is Nail Yakupov talking to Jack Michaels after Blues practice this afternoon. A guy who certainly seems to be enjoying hockey more ever since the trade. There's uh, no doubt it simply was not working out here with the Oilers for either side in that equation. So a little bit of new life 
for Neil Yakupov, who uh, is expected to be on a line tomorrow with Paul Stastny and Robbie Fabry. That's who he uh, started playing with in the second period of last night's loss to Vancouver. Yorga Laterra been placed on injured reserve by the Blues with an upper body injury. Jaden Swartz also expected to return from injury last night against the Oilers. He had an elbow problem. He was on a line at practice today with Alexander Steen and Vladimir Tarasenko. The Blues with a lot of firepower. You know what they have done to the Oilers in recent years. Will the Oilers be better equipped to handle it? 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. And just after 6 o'clock tonight, Oilers goalie Cam Talbot tweeting out his wife Kelly and he would like to introduce Landon Thomas and Sloan Colleen Talbot to the world. We couldn't be more in love with these two. So Landon Thomas Talbot, Sloan Colleen Talbot, the name of uh, Cam Talbot's new twins, he and his wife Kelly, and a cute little picture there on Twitter as well if you want to check it out. Inside Sports on 630 Chad, a little more hockey talk, and Wally Buono still coming up before 7. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. So in the NHL tonight, we have Toronto and Winnipeg almost five minutes in. No score. The Rangers have jumped out to a quick one nothing lead on Detroit. That one is about seven minutes into the game. That is it for... Uh NHL action tonight. Of course, the Blue Jays lose 3 0 to Cleveland. They are eliminated. Bottom of the first, LA Dodgers home to the Chicago Cubs. No score there as the Dodgers have gone up 2 1 in the best of seven. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. It is Inside Sports on 6 30. Ched Wally Buono coming up tonight. We'll also touch base with uh, Kelly Rudy and uh, really pleased to announce. Uh, local boxer, world champion Jelena Mergenovic will be in studio later on tonight. She defended her WBC and WBA featherweight belts in Paris, France about a week and a half ago. Just got back into Edmonton on Monday and obviously a priority for her uh, coming on Inside Sports which is pretty cool. So we'll talk to her a little bit later on. The Edmonton Eskimos are uh, back at practice. It doesn't look like Tony Washington will play on the offensive line. Saturday in BC, Joel Figueroa expected to go in there at left tackle. D'Anthony Batiste from the Eskimos O-line will join us later on tonight. So just here's, here's the thing. The Eskimos have between four and six games left. They have three regular season games left. They will play at least one playoff game. There's the fourth game. If they win, they'll get a fifth. If they win that one, they'll be in the Grey Cup for a sixth game. They will not get a bye. They can't win the division, obviously, with Calgary so far ahead. So the Eskimos are at the Lions. 3.30 for the uh, pregame show on Saturday. The game will start at 5. And before that, from 2 to 3.30 on Saturday, Jack Michaels and Bob Stoffer from Investors Group Field in Winnipeg with some special coverage of the Heritage Classic alumni game. So that's going to be pretty cool. We had Ryan Smith on the face-off show last night. He played in the original Heritage Classic back in 2003 at Commonwealth Stadium, and he is playing in the alumni game on Saturday as well. So it was good to catch up with Ryan Smith. Tomorrow, Patrick LaForge 
scheduled to join us on the face-off show to talk a little bit about the Heritage Classic as well. So that'll be pretty cool. Uh, I, I know there's, uh, I, I know, you know, a lot of questions about the Oilers lineup, all fair. I think they are a defense-by-committee team. And Stephen texting in, he says, Hey, Reed, was at the game last night. Can't believe how good Russell is. Just super simple tape-to-tape passes. Very happy with the signing. That is from Stephen. Well, I think the Oilers have four good defensemen in Larson, Clefbaum, Sekera, and Russell. I think we've already seen the uh, bottom pairing can be a little shaky at times. Though, again, I didn't have a problem with how Nurse played last night. I haven't minded Russell's game. He's able to get the puck up there. He skates pretty well. He's not big, but he's he, he's got a little bit of jam to his game. Um, I, I You know, it, some of those problems last night against the Carolina Hurricanes, I, I wouldn't put it all on the defense. I mean, there were some problems in the neutral zone, some problems with, with forwards putting the pucks into good positions, and that led to some of the turnovers that Carolina got as well. So I, 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 I think so far, so good from Russell. Uh, Kevin says, is there an ice quality issue at Rogers Place? Seems that a lot of pucks are bouncing. Players are falling more than usual. At the end of each period last night, there just seemed to be a lot of frost on the surface. Well, Kevin, I'm too far away from the ice to see any specific frost. I know this. You don't find a lot of compliments about the ice in any building in the NHL anymore. And, uh, I mean, with Rogers Place, we've already seen game, concert, game, Oil Kings using it, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I know this. It, it, it was a myth that Rexall Place slash Northlands Coliseum still had good ice. That, that was a myth from probably the mid-'90s, maybe. I mean, the, the, the ice at Rexall Place was no longer any good. I haven't heard much about the ice at Rogers Place. The only comment I've, I've really had from the Oilers is that the end boards are very lively, and we've seen them try to use that already in shots coming off the boards. You can text 63630. Our phone number is 780-496-0063. And you can always get me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins. Here's what we got to do. We got the news, traffic, and weather coming up. Oh, Toronto, by the way, has uh, jumped out in front of Winnipeg. Eight minutes into the game. Maple Leafs leading the Jets 1-0. Going to take a timeout for the news, and then this will be great to catch up with Wally Buono, the head coach and general manager of the BC Lions. His team's lost three of their last four. The Eskimos can actually pass them in the standings with a win on Saturday night. Also want to talk with Wally a little bit about the live mics. The Eskimos, of course, refuse to wear those. Wally did wear one for their game, but I don't think Wally wears a headset. So I wonder why that is. We'll touch on that when we get back. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Mike Riley, chance to throw for over 6,000 yards this season. He's been pretty good. Former British Columbia Lion, of course, and the guy who uh, traded him to the Edmonton Eskimos coming up in a few minutes. Wally Buono is going to join us from Vancouver. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. I'm Reed Wilkins. It is 634. You can always text 630-630. Southside Rob says, hey, Reed, well, I feel old today. It was 50 years ago that Bobby Orr played his first game in the NHL way back in 1966. Who do you think was the best NHL player of all time, Bobby Wayne or Gordy? 
Well, thanks for just lobbing me the easy question there, Southside Rob. <laughs> Look, I never saw Bobby Orr play uh, in person, nor obviously did I see Gordie Howe play in person. I think Wayne Gretzky is the greatest NHL player of all time. I grew up in Alberta. Obviously, I'm a, I'm a little biased. I think Wayne Gretzky was the greatest passer and had the greatest vision of all time in the NHL. Of the players I saw play, Mario Lemieux was the greatest goal scorer I ever saw. And I can already say Connor McDavid is the fastest player I've ever seen. We'll see where the young man is going. He has six points in four games. Held off the score sheet the last two games, though he was close a couple times last night. Uh, maybe a little unselfish on the goal melt set up to Lucic when he was in a good position to shoot and uh, got the puck to Nugent Hopkins for a shot at the empty net, and Nugent Hopkins hit the outside of the post. Steven says, Reed, what do you think of Jordan Eberle's game this year? I've always been a fan, but sure seems that he's producing a lot earlier this season compared to others. I see him getting into the 70s in points again. Well, that'd be great if he did. Uh, Everly and Leon Dreisaitl are the only two Oilers with at least a point in every game so far this season. I, I will say this about Everly. He said he worked on his shot. We'll see how that goes throughout the season. He said he worked on his one-timer. We'll see how that goes throughout the season. I like that goal he scored in Calgary, where he he really stayed hard on his stick and uh, fought off the Calgary defender. Didn't get a lot of wood on the puck, but was able to get enough to direct it over the goal line. So McClellan wants that, right? He wants those feeding frenzy types goals. He wants the, uh, the, you to play inside the other team's equipment. He wants you to be over top of the puck. He wants you to be hard on the puck. And, I mean, look... There are reality. I mean, I understand why people criticize Jordan Eberle sometimes, and I've done it too. Um, you know, why doesn't he hit more? Why doesn't he dig a little harder? The thing is, every player is a little different, and that has never been a huge part of Jordan Eberle's game at any level. Um, you don't necessarily have Jordan Eberle on your roster to go out there and, and deliver snot-unleashing checks or anything like that. Uh, but I do think he's, you know, so far this season been focusing on the body position part of his game and being able to be over the top of the puck a little bit more. So I hope he keeps working on that. And, uh, yeah, he started slow a couple times in his career. Obviously, last year he missed the first portion of the season with an injury. Uh, Gare texting in says, Taylor Hall was way faster than Connor McDavid. I'm going to assume that that is an attempt at humor. Trucker Rick says, Go Lions! Trucker Rick, you text the show fairly regularly. I was uh, not aware, or perhaps I'd forgotten, that you are a BC Lions fan, so you're going to like our next guest. I want to welcome back to the show the Lions head coach and general manager, Wally Buono. Wally, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Uh, not enjoying the last two weeks, especially uh, as big as those games were, and not able to get a victory. So it's put us in a tough position, but obviously uh, everybody goes through a stretch where... Uh, Maybe they don't play as well as they should. Well, the, the ups and downs of a season, I mean, we've certainly seen them here in Edmonton. And, I mean, I'm looking at your schedule. I, I know you've lost three of the last four. Uh, four points, two points, and three points, though. That's That's been the, the margin of de- defeat for you guys. What, what, I mean, I know there's been some turnovers, uh, you know, a replay decision. I mean, what, what do you? What, how do you look at uh, what's been the difference in, the, in those games? No, I mean, for me, obviously, turnovers are obvious, but it's also discipline, uh, you know, to get uh, penalties late in the game, whether it's, you know, uh, 
uh, roughing the quarterback or an illegal contact on the play, you know, where there's no need for that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, and then to have a fumble, uh, you know, on, on a long kickoff return where we're not protecting the football or can get two yards, uh, you know, when it's critical in the game. And, you know, interceptions, they're going to occur. But, uh, you know, uh, you win when you don't make those kind of mistakes. And, uh, you know, when you do make those mistakes, you usually end up losing. Wally Bono joining us inside Sports on 630 Chat Eskimos and Lions big showdown coming up on uh, on Saturday. Wally, what do you? I, I mean, a lot of people say, well, the CFL season really starts uh, after Labor Day. I know that's probably not the case for a coach because you know you're you're in the thick of it all season long. What do you like about this type of year? Does does it does it start to feel a little different though when you can actually see playoff games coming up on the calendar, even if you don't know exactly where you might fit into that picture? No, I, I think what happens is, you know, there's obviously uh, there's a point in time, uh, you know, and I equate it to riding the train where you're riding that train and you're riding that train. And, you know, then all of a sudden you're in that tunnel and at the end of the tunnel you can see the light. And, you know, I think this is how the season is. It's a long grind of a season, you know, but then there's a point in time when that train is coming down fast in that tunnel and you can see the light at the end of it. And, you know, I think this is where we are now. And, uh, you know, uh, I've always felt that, you know, the season's broken down into into thirds, uh, the first third, second third, and then the last third. And, you know, uh, uh, the last third becomes critical because then, you know, everybody understands where their position is. So whether you're fighting for first place, fighting for second, or fighting for a playoff spot, you know, every game seems to be a lot more magnified. And if you're not either emotionally right to play or, or if you're not physically right to play, you end up losing. Wally, it's been interesting this season because the uh, the CFL has been and TSN have been doing some stuff with live microphones during games, and I'm I, I'm pretty sure you're one of the few coaches, maybe you're the only coach that doesn't wear a headset. Um, so what was it like, what was it like for you to sort of embrace the technology of of the live microphone? Uh, did you like it? Was it unusual? Take me through your your thought process there. Well, you know what, uh, let, let, let me first talk about, you know, the whole idea of miking players and coaches. And, you know, when you look at our league, when you look at, uh, you know, what we're trying to do as far as grow our sport, grow our viewing audience, grow our attendance, grow interest maybe from the younger group of, you know, of uh, fans, you know, these are all things that uh, you have to do them, whether you're my age and, you know, I don't like change too much or, you know, whether you're young and progressive. You know, the CFL has to uh, understand that we are uh, in the entertainment business. And, you know, uh, no matter if you're a coach or if you're a president or if you're a player, you know, part of what we do and have to do is generate revenue so that we can sustain and make this league better and so you know whether i like it or not whether you know uh, you know honestly i don't even think about it once the game starts you know you shouldn't be focused on whether you're on a mic or not uh, you should be focused on what's going on in the game so how come you don't wear a headset well I, again i don't call the offense i don't call the defenses i manage the game uh, you know, I manage the game in the sense that, uh, you know, I want to know what's going on. 
But yet I want to know, you know, uh, what's going on with the players, what's going on with the officials, what's going on, you know, all around me. And, you know, uh, it, it, I've, I've had a headset before. I've always felt it to be a little too confining. My management style is that I would rather, uh, you know, kind of be able to be free and, uh, you know, help manage the game, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, talking to the coordinators, talking to the players, talking to the officials. You know, and with that, you know, then I can be uh, where I want to be whenever I want to be. Uh, speaking of one of the technological things we've seen over the last 10, 10 years or so is the use of replay, and the CFL is using it more than ever over the last couple of years, and, and certainly more than, you know, even more than the NFL in terms of what can be challenged. Wally, I, I find it really interesting, and as a guy who talks to, hosts a talk show and talks to fans every night, I, I hear all the different opinions on replay, and there is the, the one concern from fans who, uh, there's a group of fans who say, I just don't like that it, it can make the games take a little longer, and maybe they would live with the odd missed call to have a two-hour and 45-minute game as opposed to a three-hour game. Uh, I mean, it's, it's an interesting d- debate, and, I, and, I, and I'm sure it's one you take an interest in, too. How, how do you see replay now, and does it, does it need to keep evolving and, and need to be refined? Well, I guess, you know, I, I, I think all your points are well taken, but uh, honestly, I, I don't believe that... Uh, replay has has elongated our game, and I think if you look today, most games are well under three hours. Okay, so you know th- this is something that uh, you, if you wanted to call the league, and, and they'll give you the official times because everything's timed. You know, so we know all that, and uh, you know. But I, I get, you know, we are refining uh, replay. We are refining the challenges. You know, and, and this is all part of uh, trying to be more innovative, trying to be more creative, and also trying to protect the integrity of the game. I don't know if you saw the uh, game uh, on the weekend in the NFL when there was obvious pass interference. The referee didn't call it. It didn't allow uh, the team to challenge the call. And a game that was won by two points could have been lost by that team if they had the ability to protect the integrity of the game. You know, all, all I heard after that game was, you know, uh, why do the officials officiate different in the last two minutes of the game than they do in the whole 58 minutes of the game? And I'm saying, you know, with, with technology today, why wouldn't you have a mechanism that technology could fix what was missed on the field? So, you know, you're right, uh, you know, but, you know, I believe, uh, you know, Maybe Edmonton didn't win the Great Cup in 2015 if there wasn't technology. Have you ever thought, talked about that? Absolutely. We've t- trust me. I bring I bring that up all the time. No, no. But my point is, yeah. you know, the, the, the technology protects the integrity of the game. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't necessarily slow it down. Uh, what slowed the game down, I thought, you know, was you know what was going on with the with the coaches, with the players, as far as getting the ball into play. That's been addressed. Uh, I think the fact now that it costs you a timeout, uh, you know, uh, to use a challenge, you see that's been uh, a lot better the last se- second half of the season. You know, so, you, you know, technology change, um, you know, in sometimes going into the unknown takes a, a year of experience, a year of playing, and getting it better. So I, I, I like where we're going. Uh, you know, I do like the fact that the fans have inputs. But I also like the fact that, uh, you know, we want to make our game better. Technology today gives you no, no options. If a call isn't corrected on the field, every fan sees it because it's so 
today with replay, with all that's going on, there's nothing missed. And I think the more we can protect the integrity of the game, then I think the better it is. Wally, one more for you. And, uh, I mean, you, you've you've been around the league uh, a long time, and having strong Canadian players is so good to any team's success. I mean, we've seen some uh, the pretty, you know, the Canadians have emerged, whether it's Jerome Messam being a star or, um, you know, Bag and Getzlaff when they were at their peak in Saskatchewan. It, it, what, what do you think has led to the evolution of the Canadian player. It seems to me there's there's better Canadians in the league than ever before. Is, is it CIS? Is it grassroots football? Where do you think that all starts? Well, remember, uh, you know, I'm going to say there's been a lot of great uh, Canadian players throughout the CFL. I mean, I remember when I played and, you know, um, Michael Souls was there and Larry Ruck was there and uh, Dave Fennell was there and, you know, uh, Fryer. I mean, we're talking about some great Eskimos, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think what's happened now in 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 in, in most teams, the, the caliber of the non import player has increased, you know, from one to twenty, not not necessarily the first three or four or the first five. And I think a lot of that has to do with you know, grassroots football, uh, the CIS, uh, these coaching's better, their um, you know, their uh, universities have better facilities. Uh, the players themselves, you know, are better prepared. They train harder. They train earlier. You know, and, and you look at, uh, you know, you go to the combine, and for somebody to run a four-five or four-four is not a big deal no more. Whereas at one time, everybody's jaw dropped, you know, when that occurred. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, reasons for that. I think, you know, the CFL is, you know, putting more emphasis in grassroots football, in flag football. The, the CIS coaches, when I watch the film, I'm so impressed with the caliber of coaching, the caliber of schemes, and also the caliber of athletes. So, you know, it's like anything, you know, you put more time, you put more resources in, usually you get a better product. Wally, it's always great to get your insight. It's, uh, I know we usually do this once a year whenever the two teams are going to play, so really appreciate you joining us on Inside Sports tonight. Oh, it's always a pleasure. Like I said, my, uh, my daughter used to live up in Edmonton and uh, never my favorite city, but uh, <laughs> you can understand why being from Calgary and now uh, Montreal and B.C., so uh, those guys were always big, big, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it, rivals for us. But uh, always enjoyed being on the show, and like I said, uh, Edmonton's always been a great sports uh, town. Absolutely. Wally, thanks a lot for your time. That is Wally Buono, the head coach and general manager of the BC Lions. Doesn't wear a headset. He explained why and, uh, you know, a big proponent of video replay and it's it's not perfect, but I, I think you get the message there from Wally. He doesn't think it, it slows down the game. I know that's a complaint I get from a lot of you when we talk about it. He'd sooner get the call right, especially if it's uh, one that is blatantly missed. And uh, I think he gave some interesting perspective on the wearing of the live mics, which obviously the Edmonton Eskimos refused to do. 780-496-0063. You can text us at 630-630. The Eskimos back to work. Latest on them on the Eskimos page on 630ched.com. And DeAnthony Batiste will join us a little bit later on. Toronto leading Winnipeg 2-0 late in the first period. We'll keep an eye on that one as we roll along tonight. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet.
Maple Leafs up 2-0 on the Jets after the first. The Rangers lead the Red Wings 1-0 after one. Blue Jays eliminated 3-0 loss to Cleveland. No score. Cubs and Dodgers that game in the bottom of the second. The Dodgers are up two games to one. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is Inside Sports on 630. Ched, the Oilers did not practice today, but defenseman Mark Fain has been placed on injured reserve. Ben Betker called up from the farm. I would expect he'll be the uh, seventh defenseman tomorrow with Eric Griba sliding back into the lineup. Neil Yakupov and the Blues practice today. Neil Yakupov practiced in Edmonton today. Neil Yakupov on the line with Paul Stastny and Robbie Fabry. Jaden Schwartz expected to return from an elbow injury tomorrow against the Oilers. He was on a line with Alexander Steen and Vladimir Tarasenko. That game on 6.30, Chad, 5.30 for the face-off show, and puck drop will be at 7. The Oilers 3-1, the Blues 3-1. 0-1 on, uh, on the young season. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. You can text 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. Uh, Dean texted in here. This is a good one. Who was the uh, CFL player from about 8 to 10 years ago? I think, it, Kellen, you're a big Eskimos fan, but mm. I, it, it took me a while to think of this. Okay. You're a pretty big Eskimos fan. Um, the, the time frame is, I'm, I'm going to have to double check. Who was the CFL player from about 8 to 10 years ago? I think he came to the Eskimos as a high draft pick. I believe, actually, he was signed by the Eskimos. Um, Came to the Eskimos, uh, got hurt or something, and retired very quickly, I think within the first year of playing. Not quite accurate what Dean wrote, but he was searching for the name. Uh, Pretty good summary, though. Do you remember the player? Are we talking about Jesse Lumsden? We are exactly talking about Jesse Lumsden. Good for you. Uh, Jesse Lumsden tried out for Washington. He played with Hamilton, remember? Mm -hmm. And then he wound up with the Eskimos, got hurt in the first game, eventually got released, tried to come back with the Stampeders. I think he played a little bit with them. And uh, remember he was doing bobsleigh? He is. He's Actually, he's still he got, a, he got a silver team. in yeah. the World Championships in 2012 in Lake yeah. Class. We should try to get him on the show. His uh, his big injury issue, Reed, was separated shoulders all the time. It I was, remember that. A yeah. lot of separated shoulder issues. Yeah, it was shoulders for sure. So there you go. Jesse Lumsden. That's who we're thinking of. Kevin Carey is coming up. We'll talk a little Oilers, a little Blue Jays with him. Phone lines are open as well. 780-496-0063. It is Inside Sports on 630 Chad. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.